Welcome to Flyover Film Country. I'm Isaac Sims. I'm Olivia Clement. And normally this podcast is, is about places off forgotten by Hollywood, but today we're going to be discussing Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke and the new Disney Plus series Moon Knight. And we're also going to be covering just the overall best performances, in our opinion, uh, given in the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, but first, Isaac, what was the last thing we covered with the MCU? It's been a minute since we've we've talked about it on here. It's been a while. Um, obviously, anyone who's follow, following our podcast knows that we're not uh, covering Moon Knight closely. Um, and there are reasons for that we'll get into. But the last thing we covered Marvel-related, I think, was Hawkeye. Um, I have a question for you. How has <laughs> Hawkeye, like, aged with time? For as far as your opinion of the show goes, I have not thought about it since it ended. Okay, I have thought about it a little bit. Uh, I, but I have thoughts about everything. So, <laughs> what? I, yeah, what? That's crazy. I here's the thing. I the more I thought about how over over stuff Hawkeye was, the more disappointed I became in it. Like the more time has passed, mm-hmm. partially because you and I both wrote. Uh, not wrote. Um, we read the uh the Hawkeye comic run mm-hmm. with him and Kate Bishop. Um, who was the who was the writer on that? I'm blanking. Oh, uh, Matt Fraction. Man. Yes, Matt Fraction. Yep. Yeah. So yep. that that's Nailed like it. one of the best uh comics I've ever read. Uh, definitely one of my favorites. Anyway, just a, the show just doesn't stack up. Um, I don't have any thoughts beyond that, but I, we hadn't discussed that. So I, I think your lack of thoughts about it kind of says yeah says quite a well bit too. so okay i say i haven't thought about it i've thought about Haley steinfeld and florence Pugh in hawkeye because i love them both so much that's yep. but that's been really it it's been more of like okay when are we gonna get them again i don't again i feel bad saying this but i don't i don't really care about jeremy renner mm-hmm. and so i'm kind of ready or uh, like we have kate bishop now in the mcu so let's let's move on to kate bishop portrayed yeah. uh by Haley seinfeld and so that's that's i think my thing it, it's there's a lot it was cool to see you know wilson fisk show up in hawkeye but other than that i'm just like all right but i think that's that's kind of the the thing with with marvel is like we don't have a we don't get a lot of time between stuff to really like digest it. Yeah. You know, I mean, we've sort of, we've had enough time, I guess, between Spider-Man, No Way Home and Dr. Strange, but then we also have Moon Knight thrown in there and then Dr. Sh- er, Spider-Man was overlapping with Hawkeye. And so it just, I don't know. It just feels like it's a lot all at one time. It's a, it's a lot. And that's my main problem with Hawkeye. The more I've thought about it is that I have no problem with, Vincent D'Onofrio have no problem with Florence Pugh. I have a problem with stories that set out to be about one or two characters, aka Clint Barton and Kate Bishop in their relationship, and then it becomes a story with Florence Pugh and Wilson Fisk. And it, it, Hawkeye was overstuffed, and mm-hmm. and it's because Marvel's like, hey, you know what? While you're writing this, we really think that there should be like a character that that we should bring back a big. Uh, Marvel TV character from Netflix, and uh, mm-hmm. oh, we need to set up the Echo spinoff too. And um, yeah, we we've also um got Florence Pugh, so you need to write her in. I don't have a problem with any of those people. I have a problem with stories that don't do what they say they're gonna do. And uh, you know, uh, part of that's the shock value and stuff. But um, enough enough about Hawkeye. 
John Watts, we learned yesterday, I think, mm-hmm. as of this recording, is no longer directing the MCU Fantastic Four movie. Um, John Watts directed the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies, and the the report that we read was simply that he needed to take a break from yeah. making Marvel movies. So, what do you have any expectations for the Fantastic Four movie? Expectations? Well, like no. based on him directing it. <clears throat> Oh, based on him directing it. So I. It was safe. It feels like a safe bet. Yeah. Like when it was announced a year or so ago. Yeah. When it was announced, I was like, okay, sure. I mean, he took a character that, I mean, Spider-Man is beloved by most people. Most people really like Spider-Man. And while we have already seen two other versions of Spider-Man on, you know, uh, live action on the big screen like that, he was still able to take this version of Peter Parker and while a lot of people had complaints with this version of Peter Parker uh that I think people saw corrected not corrected just more true to the version of Peter Parker we're used to that mm-hmm. happening in No Way Home I I while being still think modern at the same time I think right, that was a big yeah. thing that Mark Webb missed on with the Garfield movie Yeah so I think that that he John Watts did a really good job with the Spider-Man with the Holland trilogy, I so I, I think that I was like, okay, well, I, I trust John Watts to do Fantastic Four. We we've seen a really really bad version of the Fantastic Four that just bombed, and then we saw, you know, the Chris Evans Human Torch version of the Fantastic Four that I remember really liking as a kid, but I haven't watched it as an adult, so I don't know if it's it's like bad or if I just have fond memories of it because it was something I watched as a kid, you know? Yeah, I don't think it's supposed to be. I don't, yeah. That great. I, I do love Yaoan Gruffid, who played Mr. Fantastic. I really yes. love him as, a, yeah. as an actor, but overall, so, not great from, from what I remember. So who do you, do you have any like ideas of who you'd like to see direct Fantastic Four? Hire Edgar Wright, you cowards. How are Edgar Wright, you cowards? Yeah. Or, uh, oh, what is her name? Deborah Chow, who directed some of the Mandalorian Ooh, episodes. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to see her do something Edgar, like that. Edgar Wright will never do anything uh, with Marvel, I don't think, ever. Um, no, I think he's been burned. Yeah, we, yeah, I think about it. I mean, Sam Raimi. Here's the thing like, you have to have someone who comes sort of from comedy, but has some sort of kinetic, uh, like, it can't be a comedy. Um, like Tim Story's version of Fantastic Four, but you have to have someone who is really good with, um, you know, like family dynamics, and mm-hmm. uh, and and it has to be funny and and kind of and kind of like fast paced, and I don't know, like like I got it. Uh, who? Wes Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> Could well, you imagine? Here's the, here's the thing. Quick pitch. I want to camp on this for just a second. You're so right. Like, what if, what if they're in a different, they're in a different dimension where everything is yeah. like super symmetrical and like characters is like 2D, like they just walk on and off screen and the sets are all perfect and like, oh, that's, a, that's an incredible idea, honestly. Thank you. Thank I wonder, you. I wonder if he, I wonder if he likes any superheroes. Like he had to, he's, I don't know if you knew this, he's like 50, I think, like he's older mm-hmm. than he looks. Um, he had to have grown up reading some comics. Oh yeah, I'm sure he. I'm sure he did. Yeah. There, there's no way he didn't. Don't He's... don't care. Don't care whether or not he likes these movies because he almost certainly 
doesn't. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I'm just like, come on, man. Like, like if I was uh, having a drink, like, come on. If you had to direct, like, if someone held a gun to your head, like, <laughs> what would your you life depended on it. Anyway. I don't know. I just it'd be funny. I think you said family dynamics and comedy and fast pace. So I was like, oh, Wes Anderson, easy. Yeah. Next, next question. Uh, be advised, you will never see that boy again. <laughs> <laughs> um, second bit of news was that Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, and the Marvels switched release dates. So yeah. Ant-Man 3 is going to release in February of 23, right? Right. It's yeah. day after, uh, a couple days before my birthday. And then... The Marvels is now coming out on July 28th, and apparently that was simply because Ant-Man was further along in production. Um, I'm ready to see Paul Rudd again. I don't know about you. Oh, man. I love Paul Rudd so much. Yeah. I'm ready to see him again. Do you know he's on some Apple TV Plus show with Will Ferrell? Yeah. I, uh, Did I know, you watch it? No, but I know some people who watched it, okay. and uh, they liked it a lot. So okay. need to, I, I'd, be, I'd be chilling doing stuff like that if I... Was a, uh, you know, doing uh, film between filming Marvel projects. Oh, yeah. Okay, I was like, where are you going with this? <laughs> where, where, okay, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I don't have any thoughts about this other than other than I'm excited for both, but more excited for Ant Man three. Um, what do you think? Yeah, no, I'm excited for both of them. Uh, I think that I think right now I'm more excited for Ant Man three because man, I love Paul Rudd so much. Also, I'm excited to see Jonathan Major again show up as yep. Kang the Conqueror. So I just I think because I know more about the Ant-Man plotline, I'm more excited about it whereas with the Marvels outside of all of the the Captain Marvels showing up in it or Miss Marvels showing up in it, I don't know what it's about. So I'm excited about it yep. because we all know Brie well, Cap- Captain Marvel Captain Marvel's your girl. So She is. Yeah. 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 So, so. Anyway, moving fine. on. Um, Thor Love and Thunder trailer. Got me pretty hyped, not going to lie. I'm, we, get a, yeah. we get a sneak peek of Jane Foster, Natalie Portman as Thor with the broken Mjolnir. Um, Jane Foster's taking us to the gun show. Yeah, she, yeah, she's jacked. I was like, man, good for you. <laughs> That's like, looking man. really, really strong. Outside of steroids, I want to know what all is included in the Marvel like superhero fitness regimen. Uh, probably like a heaping dose of uh, family. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what, okay, uh, Vin Diesel. I uh, yeah, can't turn your back on family. Um, can't turn your back on family. The, I love. We are Groot. Here's the thing, and this kind of this segues pretty well into. Uh, Moon Knight and our discussion of like Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke's performances in that series but <laughs> the Thor trailer reminded me how freaking funny Chris Hemsworth is mm-hmm. like that that whole just the the power that he has especially when he's paired with a director who gets him like Taika Waititi yeah. like when Chris Pratt says like if you ever forget who you are just look into the eyes of the family you love and he's looking at them, and then in the corner of the screen, Chris Hemsworth just like moves, like like moves into his Chris Pratt's line of vision, and it is just—he's just hilarious. Like he's so yeah. underrated. Yeah, like, and, and he's making the goofiest face. Like I think it's supposed to be like a serious, like 
but it's like the goofiest thing. Yep. I, yeah, no, I think we should talk about that later, but yes, I, or about Chris Hemsworth as Thor later. Yeah, um, we, we definitely, we we, definitely we will. will. He, he is in the conversation for our, for one of the top 10 spots, but we will, we will get there. Um, man, he's, he's just really, really funny. He's so, yeah, he's so funny. I'm so glad they finally let him be funny because he is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, Moon, Moon Knight. Knight. Did you watch episode five? Uh, yes, as of, I'm as completely this, caught up. Okay, as of this recording, uh, we both are, I guess. But as of this recording, episode five aired two days ago, and the finale of Moon Knight is airing this coming Wednesday, because mm-hmm. um, we're recording this on a Saturday. Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Moon Knight. What do you? Moon Knight. Uh, did you did you like do the DiCaprio like pointing at the screen whenever they show him become Moon Knight yes. for the first time? Yeah. Yeah. Conscious yeah. like you will be it, my Moon Knight. I was like. When when that happened, I, you know that Twitter account that will take like screenshots from different movies and it'll like like movies that it, the title is not said in that way. What if you, it is said in that, what are you said some it all. Kind of Moon Knight. Yeah, that's that's what it felt like. It felt like that Twitter account somehow was able to edit that scene and was like, "This is what we're doing with this." Didn't yeah, didn't need to be said. Like I think summon the suit is like the coolest thing about like. Yeah, you have powers, you have a suit, you know? Like, you don't need to say, like, I am Moon Knight. Yeah. Anyway, but you're, you're so right. I, that, that Twitter account is pretty, pretty dang funny. Pretty funny. Yeah. But I, I, I like it. I think I like it better than you. Okay. Because I don't... What are your thoughts? You don't like it that much, do you? I, I don't. Um, and I, I just have a... I have a little bit of a problem with I I don't I don't know and I I, I think it's it's obviously not great podcast material to like try to hash out my feelings about Moon Knight <laughs> over like in real time but here, but I think that if and this goes back to like what made us want to do this episode instead of cover closely covering every single Moon Knight um it, uh weekly installment was that. If Ethan Hawke and Oscar Isaac were played by anyone else, their characters were played by anyone else, I don't think the show would be that good. And I think that it speaks to the power of performers to save a show. Mm -hmm. But beyond the performances, I really don't think the story is very compelling. I think the story of Mark is very compelling and i think mm-hmm. the story of ethan hawk is very compelling we don't really know that much about um arthur harrow's like like how he we knew that he was moon knight before oscar isaac at some or uh, before mark at some point but i don't think the way the story has been told has been very interesting if mm-hmm. that makes sense like their stories sure. are objectively interesting but i don't think that it has been super interesting um I think the dynamic between him and uh uh what is his wife's name? Layla. Layla. Uh, I think Layla's great. Um yeah, it's just it's interesting. I'm a I think I think Khonshu is kind of kind of a douche <laughs> douchebag and like uh, <laughs> I, I don't know, like it's it's really interesting. It's like I'm rooting for Mark and obviously he's conflicted, but I think that 
caught the shoot. It's kind of kind of dumb. Like I I don't really know why. And they and they haven't had a ton of time to explore the lore. Those are my problems with it. Anyway, was, I'm sorry for everyone who for whom that was really painful <laughs> to hear me stumble through. I think I think those are fair complaints. I do. And something that I keep thinking about, mostly because of the DID aspect or dissociative identity disorder, I I think I keep thinking about Legion. And how I, I've had the same thought, and how Legion did it so much better. Yeah, like like, and I realized they're they're on di- they're on different networks. Like Legion's on FX, so FX shows tend to be you know a little more adult, uh, right? Yeah, and and this is on Disney Plus, and so I get that. So I, I realize there are some some standards that they have to like, or rules they have to follow, whatever. But. Yeah, I, I just feel like Legion did did this so much better. And not because again, not because of poor performances. Oscar Isaac is doing, I think, a fantastic job. Yeah. But uh I just feel like there I was way more like at the end of every episode I was like, What is happening in Legion? You know, I mean, because we watched it together. At the end it's, of every episode, yeah. you and I would look at each other and be like, What? And would be so just fascinated by it whereas with this like there have been like cliffhangers and i'm like wait what's go what what does any of this mean but it's not the same like i want to think about this and talk about this for the next like hour and a half and 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 i think that and people have we, we have documented on our podcast um how much we love legion and like why like disney has yet to do anything and we kind of they kind of pitched that moon knight would be something legion-esque and yeah. the the day that Disney Plus does something as bold as Legion, we can we can concede. But mm-hmm. Legion is is kind of like a, a a milestone in superhero storytelling because mm-hmm. and partially because it does deal with heavier themes and more adult themes, but partially because Noah Hawley is just like I'm gonna write a visual. Like like a visually stunning yeah. screenplay that kind of transports you to what it may be like to be a superpowered uh, dissociative dissociative um, person like like mm-hmm. um, what's, it, what's his name I always call him Dan Ste- Dan Stevens but his character's name is uh, Legion oh it's, <laughs> his uh, human name I don't, I don't remember his human name I don't remember what his his human name is let me look keep talking. Anyway, I I think that I think that you make a good point. Like visually, there's nothing been there's there hasn't been anything like Legion. Legion is not going to be in our conversation of top ten because he's not in the MCU, but he would <laughs> probably be my number one or number two. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's the, he's an incredible performer. The character's name is David. David, that's right. Yeah. So. Uh, I will say I like I, I don't want to just sit here and, and bash Moon Knight because I, I do right, I think right. the character is interesting and I, I I agree with your complaints I I don't know I think for me with the MCU like I you you and Eric have talked about like you know all all the different complaints you guys have with it especially Eric and I think all those things are fair I think for me what I just oh, I, one of the reasons I think I keep coming back to it is that it's it's one of those things where I can just talk about it with people and have like conversations and and absolutely and have you know bond over you know our complaints or bond over the things that we thought were super cool. Uh, it's been a way for me to to 
I think maintain some of not maintain my relationships with some people, but but it's definitely a common topic of conversation like my movie group right now we're, we're going through the mcu which actually worked out because then i could remember certain performances maybe yes. better had i had i not revisited them recently but i think oscar isaac is doing a fantastic job between going between mark and steven and and the ways in which he portrays these very very different characters and and episode this last episode this most recent episode was so was really good. I think it was really good. Now I, I it has agree. nothing. I I I want. I don't want to say it has nothing to do with the overarching storyline because it it gives us so much backstory that that we've. I think we've been missing up to this point. Uh, so I, I don't want to say it has nothing to do with it. I'm just. I I think that it was more of like almost like a bottle episode. Yes, and and and, and this kind of I agree, and it once it go goes back to the hippo steering the boat across the so, the the lake of the dead or whatever. I was just like, can we go back to like Oscar yeah. Isaac acting like that? That's and and I I didn't want to derail what you were saying, but like that, I the parts where Isaac, Oscar Isaac is just like. You know, it's it's doing the really incredible flashing back between like him reliving the stuff that he's suppressed, and mm-hmm. then being, I I guess we don't really know. We kind of we I guess we kind of know that psychiatrist Ethan Hawke is also like some sort of projection of his imagination or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, like like I was just like, let's get back to that. That's st- that stuff right. with him acting and Ethan Hawke him throwing water in Ethan Hawke's face, like. That's that's what we're here for, and they're trying to have their cake and eat it too, as far as be a superhero show, right? Yeah, yeah. I wonder if it would be like if if we would find the story more interesting if they had not necessarily done the same thing as Legion, because I did, then I would be like they're just doing Legion. Yep. Um, but maybe make it more like character driven as opposed to. The story does that make sense? Driven yeah, with with Harrow finding the the I don't I don't even know what they're looking for like in the, the Egyptian the, tomb the thingamajig the thing, the thing the MacGuffin yeah that yeah. well I think that I think that this is Disney doing character driven you know like character yeah because like Oscar Isaac said this is the first like true character study since Iron Man and it's like yeah that's true but it's not also not true because it's Disney. And they're they're never yeah. going to do something like Noah Hawley did with Legion. So, um, kind of talking about Legion, we just need to do a Legion pod. Um, I yeah. need to finish season three. I never finished it. Um, man, what a what a mind bending show! It's so great. <laughs> um, but let's jump. Do do you think? I think this past episode of Moon Knight solidified for me that Oscar Isaac should be in our top ten. What yeah. do you think? <clears throat> let's just jump straight to, I, yeah, let's to just like try- the top 10 and kind of so, building okay. building our hall of fame. I just hit my mic. I keep hitting my mic. I'm so sorry, it's Walter, okay. when you edit anything. this. Okay, good. My voice so, cracked a little bit ago, so Walter can edit that. <laughs> so, okay, I... <clears throat> excuse me. I chose mine based on not necessarily like individual performances it seems like based on your list you did that based on like individual movie performances and i kind of thought through like collectively which is 
one of the reasons why I didn't include Chris Hemsworth because I was also thinking about the first two Thor movies. So that's kind of where I was coming from because we we just were like best performances and that was kind of it uh, within the MCU. So like yep. not Legion, not the X Men. Uh, am I missing anything? So, else? Yeah, yeah. So what we're doing is like everything MCU. Most of the things you can find on Disney Plus, Tom Holland, Sony, Spider Man, not Venom or Morbius. They right. I don't think they would be in contention. Actually, no. Tom Hardy. T- Tom Hardy would be maybe, and I haven't thought about that before, but. Okay, uh, so anyway. but yeah, not not Sony right now. Even though technically, th- they could be. Um, anyway, anyway, uh, the Agents of Shield, the Netflix Marvel series, mm-hmm. and that's it. Not Legion, not X Men, because technically, we haven't seen Brian Singer's X Men characters are not technically in the MCU. Yeah, we we know we could say that they te- technically are because we know Professor Tra- X is in. Yeah, yeah. So it's gonna Doctor be Strange Dr. too. Strange. But anyway, that's that's who we're where we're pulling from. Yes. Yes. So yeah, I do think Oscar Isaac is in my top ten. Okay, and we just so for our listeners, Olivia and I are building a top ten together. So we've never done this before. We've usually brought like, this is what I think, and this is what I think, and here are our lists, and they're side by side. This will be fun, because when we build a list together, there's a little bit of friction, there's a little bit of like, but with, with friction, you have, um, you know, best thoughts and new thoughts kind of brought out uh, from both sides. So that's why we're starting with Moon Knight, because Oscar Isaac does an incredible job playing multiple characters. And honestly, he just needs to do that more. Like actors need to do that more. I watched adaptation for the first time a couple days ago Mm -hmm. and Nick Cage plays twins in that movie. And it's like his best performance. It is so incredible. Actors need to do that more often. Lindsay Lohan. I mean, she did it in parent parent trap and crushed it. Just amazing. Anyway, I just, any reason to talk about Lindsay Lohan. Have you seen the Spiderwick Chronicles? I have not. Do you ever read them? No. They're they're in, they're interesting books. In yeah. the movie, which is okay, not it's not bad, but it's not great. Uh, Freddie Highmore plays twins. Freddie Highmore, he yeah. was such a good child actor. Apparently, he's still a good actor. Just doing he, TV. I haven't. So I watched him in Base Motel, but I haven't watched him. He's on the Good Doctor, or he plays like the main character in the Good Doctor. Mm-hmm. But I don't watch medical shows nope. for whatever reason. So I have an aversion to. Anything, anything medical. Yeah, I think. I, Especially yeah, dental, anyway. like movies. I just like imprinting. I'm like gross. Yeah, no, thank um, you. Clenching my fist the whole time. So no, thank you. Anyway. Um. So okay, so Oscar Isaac is in our top ten. Um, and I'm gonna. What we can do is we can bullet them. Oh, oh, I had this right here. Oh yeah. We're both in our, our Google Doc, and we both started a list at yeah. the same time without realizing it. Um, I just had it. Yeah, I had it below. I thought it might be. My bad. No, it's all good. I um, didn't see yours. We'll bullet it, and then we can tr- do our best to rank them at the end. Okay. How does that okay. sound? Sounds great. Let's do it. Cool. Okay. Um, let's see. Oscar Isaac is in. Let's just bounce back and forth from our list, starting with okay. like the names I think that people will be, be clamoring to hear first. Okay. Robert Robert Downey Jr. He's in. 
He's in. He's, he's got to be. What is his best performance? Uh, of Iron Man? Yes. Oh, man. I I love him in the, the OG Iron Man. I mean, it started That's it all, right? That's what I was right? thinking, too. Yeah. I also think... I really like his performance in Infinity War because you see him almost kind of be like that father figure towards Peter uh-huh. in, in a way that you, you don't see him necessarily like in Spider-Man Homecoming, right? Like he, he cares about the kid. He doesn't want him to get hurt. And just like the scene at the very end of Infinity War when he, when, when Peter has been snapped and is like dust dusting and just the, the, heartbreak that tony has now Uh that he he portrays on his face i don't know i love this it makes me cry but i love that scene yep but yeah i think i'm gonna go iron man as his best performance i think i I rewatched the scene where he puts the suit on and and flies over and eventually or like takes action um in the in the original iron man in the middle east and Mm -hmm. and that was great I think he so kind of cool. is kind of realizing what what he's made of and yeah. like is kind of seeing his, himself become yeah actual potential. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, well, we we obviously Oscar Isaac has only been in Moon Knight, um, but we'll kind of put like Iron Man slash Infinity War as the two. I, I think I think those are his two best performances. He yeah. doesn't get he doesn't get as much to do in Endgame because he's. Uh, part of an ensemble so right although i would argue that the only reason anything happens in endgame is because tony misses park misses peter oh yeah that's the only reason for sure he misses that kid because he loves him so much and part of that i mean there's there's so many different things that go into this like like you said um oscar has only been in moon knight but i mean his performance is so good that it warrants inclusion in this hall of fame robert downey jr obviously is iron man and um but robert downey jr got to play iron man for so long 10 plus years and oscar isaac is not so there's a little bit of a not hypocrisy but like double double standard like i think it's just basically like whoever gives a good performance that's yeah we're considering but i i think that speaks to oscar isaac's ability as an actor right like he's he's such a good actor yes that he can come in and with only five episodes, he which equate to what two two and a half two movies two and a half movies yeah 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 sure he, so I mean if you think about it like that then I mean while he's still like, of the people on our lists while he hasn't been in as many movies as as these people he still has just gave like he's given such a great performance so yep. anyway next person up. Uh, we both have Paul Rudd on our lists, so I was we want to go. I was gonna go Elizabeth Olsen. Kinda. You want to go Elizabeth Olsen next? Yeah, let, let's talk about Elizabeth Olsen. Okay, all right. Um, Paul Rudd is on both our lists, and i i wanna I wanna I wanna save him just a little bit because because you love I, him so much. The, I do. I do love him so much. I've, we've booked uh, fifteen minutes to talk about Paul Rudd, so we're actually okay. covering like his entire filmography as we're part gonna, of this episode. Yeah, that's so, it. That's all we're yeah. doing. So. Okay, yeah, let's talk about Elizabeth Olsen. So we first see her in Age of Ultron. She has a... Actually, we first see her in an in-credit scene for Captain America? Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. Yes, I think so. Yes. And so that's the first time we see her, but she doesn't have any speaking 
lines. Uh, she's doing uh, magic hands. She's doing magic hands. Uh, and then in readers. Age of Ultron, she and Pietro have the really bad accents. <laughs> Which, okay, here's my thing. I, <laughs> I contemplated putting her on this list not because I don't love Wanda. I love Wanda. I think Wanda is such a fascinating character. I love I love the arc she has had throughout the MCU. But the inconsistent accent. Oh shit, her accent's gone. It's only it, been a couple of years. Yeah. It just <laughs> yeah, no, I don't it exactly. makes me so mad watching because as I was watching Age of Ultron, I was like, this is such a thick accent. Where does it go and i realize that that some people lose their accents when they they move to you know another country and they they are speaking with with native speakers but it's it's just like at some points it's elizabeth olsen just speaking in her normal normal voice and then other times it's like the accent comes back and it's it's just what are we doing what are we doing what are we i doing? think i think without wandavision elizabeth olsen would not be on our list wandavision yeah. uh, and I, and I have this thought about Loki, too, which we'll talk about in just a little bit. The Marvel shows kind of promise, like, hey, we're going to get, like, closer looks at these characters that you really yeah. like. And really, WandaVision does that with Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen. And it does it with Loki and Moon Knight. And I don't think it succeeded with Hawkeye or Winter Soldier um, Falcon. So, yes, Elizabeth Olsen gets a lot to do in WandaVision. And yeah. I rewatched a, a few scenes, and man, she's good. She's, she's really, so really good. good. <laughs> like, she's so good. Incredible. She's yeah. I, I think I think WandaVision really solidifies her performance as as Wanda, as a Scarlet Witch. And I mean, we've talked about it. We talked about it a lot, actually. And so I'm I'm really interested to see what happens with her in Doctor Strange because I've I've read where. This Doctor Strange sequel is just as much about Doctor Strange or about Wanda as it is Doctor Strange. And so we'll see. I imagine we'll see a pretty strong performance from her as well. But yes, Elizabeth Olsen, for sure, solidified in WandaVision. I think uh, I'm I'm ready for her. And, and I, I, I want to be careful about how I say this. <laughs> I her character is obviously one uh, characterized by like loss and mm-hmm. grief. And mm-hmm. that's those aren't fun topics. And so I think sometimes she can get overlooked compared to, you know, the Robert Downey Jr.'s and Chris Pratt's and Paul mm-hmm. Rudd's who are like light and plucky and like everything's fine and I'm just quipping all the time. Um, right. I'm ready for her to break bad in Doctor Strange oh, too yeah. and do some really crazy stuff. Like yeah. be, because because she's a, she's an incredible actor. Um I think that I think she's going to do some really fun stuff in Doctor I Strange agree. too, and just kind of like uh, hand yeah. it to Benedict Cumberbatch. I'm super excited. So. She's Yeah, she's going to wreck shop. I was watching an interview that Marvel Studios posted. It was just like a, a little clip. It wasn't anything in, in depth. But Benedict Cumberbatch was like, Elizabeth owns this character. She like He was praising her so much, which I really love. So, yeah. Even, yeah, he, yeah. even um the the very quick clip we see of her saying when you break the multiverse you get praised and when i do mm-hmm. i get crucified or whatever no, she right. that. that would not be uh, that would not be the disney <laughs> disney script i'm the villain uh, but then she, I'm goes, the she villain. just goes yes she's like i'm the villain like that doesn't seem fair like she's like it's a little bit like you can see that she's a little bit unhinged there mm-hmm. and i'm 
I, I think yeah. it's going to be really cool. We're going to get unhinged Wanda! <laughs> no parents. Right. No parent. There are no rules. That's I mean, what, according uh, to her, I mean, that's, that's kind of what it feels like. There's that's not going to be any rules in this movie. Olivia and anyway. I, when, when, uh, when we were in college, we, our uh, big quote was, no parents. No parents. Yeah. No parents. Because we were in college. Um, okay. Elizabeth Olsen. I, in. In WandaVision. Definitely heard. I mean, she gets to act. I was saying she was straight. in our list. In our list, yeah. Yeah. But also... In WandaVision, she gets the most to do, and uh, she's amazing. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, let you, I'll let you throw someone into our list next. Since so, so we both have Oscar, or not Oscar Isaac. We do have both Oscar Isaac. I was misreading. Uh, Bradley Cooper. Yeah. And so let's talk about old B-Rad. Let's talk about Bradley Cooper. Let's talk about voice performances in, yeah. the, in the MCU. So I think that a lot of people forget that Brad. I forget sometimes that Bradley Cooper voices Rocket. Yep. And I don't. I think that often voice acting is overlooked as not like real acting because you're not like you're not there. They don't actually see your your performance. You only say right? three words, like right? Yeah, <laughs> Vin Diesel. But hey, you know what? <laughs> I respect that dude because you know he got paid a ton of money to yeah. say three no, words. No, I have no, I have no problem with it. And you know what? I respect the hustle. Anyway, yeah. but with Bradley Cooper, I you and I have talked about the character of Rocket and how he's just such a fascinating character, yep. and he he's he comes off with his really rough, hard hard exterior of I don't need anybody. I can just you know take care of myself. But he cares so deeply about the people in his group. You know, like, he cares so deeply about the other Guardians of the Galaxy. And, you know, I'm really excited to see what happens with Rocket in in Thor, Love and Thunder, but also in Guardians Volume 3. But yep. I think that, that just the way that Bradley Cooper has, has voiced this character and, like, pr- the performance he's given as a voice actor has really just brought this character that I don't think anyone really cared about beforehand to life and yep. made him one of the most lovable characters. He he doesn't sound like Bradley Cooper either. No. Which is which is which is a big thing and it's a big distinction that speaks so much to Bradley Cooper's skill. <laughs> like right. Br- like cuz he he uh um uh, man like he's he's funny, he's gruff. He all the all of the like kind of more more personal interpersonal like inside voice rocket which we don't get very frequently but when we do it's like this sounds this sounds like it's a completely separate person than him it doesn't sound like him which is just it's very difficult to pull off i know so like right it's in and i don't know like i think so the other talk about like the other voice acting you have vin diesel as we mentioned James Spader as Ultron. Mm-hmm. I don't think I can. We can justify putting him in our list. I might put him on a personal list, but I don't think it, Hall of Fame he earns it simply sure. because he's only in one. Sorry, my cat's uh, scratching at the door. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Um, James Spader's really good. Um, and I'm trying to think through. Help me out. Like other voice performances. 
so oh man um i don't i can't think of any other big ones off the top of my head i'm sure that there's there's some more and well i mean technically you could argue thanos is more of a voice but because it just doesn't look like i mean it looks like josh brolin but doesn't you know but any any of the aliens that he has are that are with him his like lackeys or whatever are voice actors yep right and so uh carrie coon but yeah yeah, there haven't been a whole lot of, of, of voice acting. There hasn't been a lot of voice acting done in the MCU because for the most part, it hasn't really been... They haven't had characters that have needed it. That's true. So Sean Gunn kind of does the mocap for Rocket, I think. Yes, yes. Uh, James so Gunn's brother. And then... Crouch down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and now that I, I'm, I'm remembering Josh Berlin and I think James Spader both did the... <clears throat> mocap suits so yes and, and, and james spader and josh brolin did both like acted on set if i'm remembering correctly yeah so with james spader and ultron he like they put him in this like suit with like stilts but they also <clears throat> because ultron's so tall they had like a tennis ball strapped to a like a stick on his mm-hmm. back and all of the actors were supposed to look at the tennis ball but because it's James Spader and he's so captivating and he's, he's such a great actor and his voice is just, it's his voice, you know, his voice is just so, it just draws you in. The actors, they'd have to cut a lot because the actors were looking at James Spader and not the tennis ball, uh, the other actors. And so they were like, stop looking at his face, look at the tennis ball. But, but again, that speaks to James Spader, but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't quite. It wasn't the same voice acting as like what Bradley Cooper has had to do. Yep, I Bradley Cooper's going in our list for sure. Um, for sure, we could we could pontificate about. Uh, I, I really I really think that James Spader and uh, his role as Ultron was wasted in the long like like he could have shown up and done so many incredible things. Um, yeah, and they kind of just botched that story and. And that's another podcast episode. Yeah. But um, do you think do you think Rocket is better in Guardians One or Guardians Two or Infinity Man. War? Endgame? I kind of want to lean Guardians Two because that's he what I was thinking. He and Peter are in direct conflict for most of that yeah. movie and kind of come like have a reconciliation, and it's pretty, it's pretty incredible. Also, Guardians Two has like one of the funniest scenes in the entire series, like MCU. Where they are portal jumping, and oh, their yeah. faces are like morphing, <laughs> and yes. everyone's yelling. I was like crying, laughing the first time I saw that. Yeah. So and yeah, only, I, only James Gunn could do that. So I I'm going Guardians, we'll Guardians too, too. I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, All right, who's next? I I want to talk about Tom Hiddleston. Okay. Um, Tom Hiddleston is not on either of our lists, but in research. For this episode, I rewatched the first episode of Loki, mm-hmm. and I I really think that he this is like Loki episode one is some of the best acting in the entire mm-hmm. MCU. When he realizes what is happening at the TVA and how the Infinity Stones are used as paperweights and everything that he understood to be power is kind of meaningless. Yeah, and, and he then breaks, and then and he breaks. It it really is pretty incredible to see yeah. him 
to see him do so much and Loki I think is the best MCU series to date because it is so patient with mm-hmm. the storytelling and it is so centered on his performance in a way that I don't think yeah. Moon Knight is um mm-hmm. uh, I think I think the story is about Loki whereas Moon Knight may be a story about Moon Knight but it's also a story about trying to be Indiana Jones too if that makes yeah. sense um, yeah what are your thoughts well, so earlier you were like more actors need to play multiple characters at the same time tom hiddleston does because he plays yep. you know a different version of loki i think it's so true. loki president or whatever and so i think honestly i think the only reason loki has stuck around in the mcu is because tom hiddleston like because of him because of his performance because of this the way very he true. he portrays loki i i think he's a fan fa- he's been a fan favorite for years Mm-hmm. And man, Tom Hiddleston's just so charming. So I mean, yeah, I, I he's this not is, on either one of our lists, and I honestly, yes. now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know why. I, I I agree, and I think it's it's easy to forget him. I think that your insight about him ex- continuing to exist as as t- Tom Hiddleston as Loki in the same way that Robert Downey Jr. has personified Iron Man is right very true and i think that gets overlooked i don't think i think you can say the same about chris evans but steve we'll talk i I guess we may mention why he isn't on our list i don't know if this is the place to do it or not because he has if if we have time we can talk about it yeah yeah we'll we'll, we'll, we may get there we may not get there well Um, so if you're mad write us an email so So i think you know in the same way hugh jackman is wolverine and no one will play will touch wolverine like hugh jackman did uh same for robert downey jr and same for for tom middleson and loki right like yes no one no one is going to be able to play that character the same way that tom middleson has And, and you know he originally auditioned for the role of thor and i'm so glad I mean, that, what a weird Thor that would be. Yeah. But I'm so glad that they, they cast him as Loki instead because I, I think he's really taken this character and, and he's ran with it and it has embodied the character. And, and I mean, dude has died I don't, how many times in the MCU? <laughs> more than, and, uh, more than um, uh, Sean Bean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Filmography, it feels yeah. Like. yeah and sean bean is tired of dying i don't think tom hiddleston's tired of dying as loki because he knows they're gonna, somehow going to bring him back there's uh, I'm, i meant to I'm, i meant i've been meaning to kind of and we have been describing like the specific acting that these characters do but especially when when tom hiddleston is like he's acting and he's watching his death um mm-hmm. on the screen at the end of loki episode one and then he gets to the end and it says end of file and he just kind of laughs and you see him kind of like process that grief and trauma mm-hmm. and then move past it and then be like, okay, I'm here now. What, like, I know all this uh, and yeah. like, I'm a different person now. Yeah. I'm not on that path. And he kind of like starts to scheme mm-hmm. is truly incredible act. Like yeah. really, really good act. Yeah. And, and I think with, you know him in the first Avengers movie, like like because he's the villain in the first one, and he 
he just has these monologues and he's so good and then yeah. whenever like he, he was realizes good before loki yeah yeah exactly. and, and whenever he realizes he's been outwitted he's like oh oh crap like he, yeah. you know he's like well i guess i'll have that drink like, yeah yeah that, and that's like it's funny because he's just like i've i've been bested and i don't know like he i also i love the the arc that loki takes too i i mean i think i think the overall the kind story of story arts in uh ragnarok and yeah Infinity war yeah yeah it's he yeah you see him want to be better and you see that especially in loki yep absolutely so um is he going on our list? This is kind of where we start oh, to, I think Oscar Isaac, Robert Downey Jr., Elizabeth Olsen, and Bradley Cooper are, are like, yes, no question. Mm-hmm. And it, to me, Loki, <laughs> if we add Loki, we have five spots left. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of great performances in this series, and we have some incredible people that we haven't talked about yet. I would move to put him in. What do you think? And I, we could, I feel like he... I feel like he's got to be on the list. I, well, and as we go, we can we can also talk about, you know, do we want to sub someone in? Yep. I feel like we're we're trying to start a new like fran- <clears throat> like sports team franchise and we're Absolutely. drafting we're drafting picks. At any point we could um we can yell yellow light or sub sub someone out. Sub um, sub sub Who's next? Get in there. Uh, let's talk about, let's talk about Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick Boseman. Our, our king, our Black Panther. I mean. We got him in, uh, Black Panther, Civil War, and Infinity War. Infinity War. He shows up, he's in Endgame, but. Yep. Four, four movies, one solo movie, Civil War is a, he plays an important role. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, he's really good. He's really, he's so good. really good in Black Panther. Yeah, and I, I think about his character, and while while we didn't get to see necessarily a huge over like over several movies arc, I think just just the solo movie mm-hmm. of Black Panther, you see how he, you know, so so desperately wants to honor his father, his late father, and and do right by him and do right by his country and his position now as the king of Wakanda. But he also sees the ways in which injustice has been played out by the way Wakanda has historically uh, shielded itself from the rest of the world. And while I think that there's good reason for that, like why they did that, I do, I also am of the mindset that Killmonger wasn't wrong. In black, mm-hmm. like the way he went about it was wrong, but like his his like beliefs and ideology weren't necessarily wrong, and and I think that you see how he how uh, T'Challa wants to also honor his I mean his cousin that he he ended up like killing. Yep. Uh, he wants to honor him, and so like I just I just think that the way he does that is so his performance is so good. The story is so good, and, and everything about Black Panther is fantastic. I think it's one of the best Marvel movies, but I agree. I think it's one of the best because of Chadwick Boseman's performance. Here's here's the thing, and, and I don't know if we've talked about it. Um, I don't know if we've discussed it on our podcast, but 
the the thing I, I include Chadwick Boseman kind of because in the same way that in Black Panther he gets to give his like really his his definitive uh, Black Panther performance. Mm-hmm. You also get a definitive performance from uh, Michael B. Jordan as Killmonger, mm-hmm. and I re- I really don't know what who I who is a has a better performance in that movie. It may be totally neck and neck, but I feel like you could almost sub out either one and it would be just as good. But I think, I think you do get a little bit more of an arc, a little bit more of an arc with um, Chadwick Boseman. What do you, what do you think? Like, do you, do you prefer one performance over the other? Or like, I, I'll be honest. I prefer the character. (laughs) Of Killmonger a little bit more because he's just like he's so fascinating. Like mm-hmm. that I I think about that line when they're they're in the ceremonial challenge pool and they're about to fight and he's like, I killed in Iraq, I killed in Afghanistan, I killed in Kuwait or whatever. And he's like, mm-hmm. I c- just so that I could come here and kill you. And you mm-hmm. see all the all the uh brands yeah. on his body and it's just it is iconic. It's like yeah. I love Michael B. Jordan in that movie. Michael, yeah, Michael B. Jordan's also a fantastic actor. Like, I, I'm not trying to discredit him by any means. Mm-hmm. I, I think that we do see a slightly more of an arc with with T'Challa because we are introduced to him in in Civil War. We see that he's he is overcome with with rage and wants to seek revenge because his father was killed. And then you see him even, I mean, he's not even like a focal point of the movie. And he, I mean, he is because that's the first time we meet him. But like, that's, the story is not about him. Yeah. But there's so many times where I'm like, man, he was so good in that. Like, and Mm -hmm. his, his, his arc in that I think is, is really good in the sense of like, you see him be overcome with rage, but then by the end of it, he's like, I'm not, I don't want to be like like those guys he doesn't want to be like you know steve and tony and bucky fighting yeah because of something that happened yeah. he wants to he wants to be better and i think you see that come to fruition in black panther yep i i agree um chadwick's going on our list he's in i feel like he's a, he's a hard lock so yeah um and obviously Black Panther's his uh, definitive performance. So, mm-hmm. um, let's jump to Netflix. Charlie let's, Cox let's is on both our it. lists. Yes. Um, I yeah. Go ahead. Tell me. Tell me your thoughts on Charlie Cox. I know we've talked about it before, and we've probably talked about it on here before when we talked about Spider Man No Way Home yep. and Hawkeye. But tell me. Tell me why Charlie Cox is on your list. It's, I I feel like Daredevil season one is um, some incredible acting from him. Um, the Netflix Marvel series started off really strong with Daredevil season one, mm-hmm. um, and I think that it was kind of like a sign. Who Jeff Jeff Loeb was I think the showrunner for that. Yeah, and, I think so. Uh, yeah, so and it, it kind of. Pe- there millions of people love Charlie Cox in this role. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that, I think that he stands head and shoulders above the other defenders. 
mm-hmm. um, the Netflix Marvel heroes. Although I would, I mean, like, um, what's the guy? Yeah, Danny Rand, the guy who plays Danny Rand, um, Game of Thrones guy. We can, we don't need to spend a whole lot of time because neither of us like that performance. I feel like he's the least loved out of him, Kristen Ritter, and Mike Coulter. Um, Finn Jones. Finn Jones, yeah. Um, not his fault, but kind of his fault. But <laughs> I don't know. Well, another, again, another. That's another, another episode. episode. Yeah. So, Co- yeah, go back Kristen to Charlie Ritter Cox. and Mike Coulter, great. Charlie Cox, Stanton's head and shoulders above them because there's something pretty. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's pretty incredible how much, how well he embodies that character and how um, seamless the, the telling of daredevil is and i think the reason daredevil is such a compelling character and why how charlie cox um, kind of taps into the psyche of this character is that he is as pure in his intentions as spider-man is yeah he's he's such a moralistic character but existing in a world of new a seedy underworld of new york that is so filled with corruption that his goodness and morality sets him apart so like emotionally i don't mm-hmm. i don't i don't know how else to describe it cuz there charlie cox's performance is so emotional in season 1 because he is so he's so overcome with how how bad <laughs> things are and how he like wants to give in and be as brutal as the people he's trying to stop and he mm-hmm. just refuses and i think that he's kind of the better the the better for for lack of a better phrase, like a, the better looking cousin of Steve Rogers in that sense, because because Steve Rogers gets chances to display his morality, but it's never in such a high stakes yeah environment. Other than I would say Civil War, um, yeah. So anyway, yeah. What do, what no, you, think? you love I, you love Charlie I, I Cox agree. as well. So I do. I think I think of all the Netflix. Sh- Marvel shows season one of Daredevil is probably the best. I do like season one of Luke Cage and uh, Jessica Jones. I I've talked about those shows too, but I think that I think you're right. Like he, the character of Daredevil is just really compelling in the same kind of in the same way that that Spider Man is because you see Matt Murdock really struggle with with a lot of things in this in similar ways that that Peter Parker struggles right like. Both don't have parents. Both uh, are really poor and just trying to get get by with their jobs. You know, mm-hmm. both are are very intelligent, and and they have these obviously these these abilities that that normal people don't have, and they want to do right. You know, they want to do right by that, and and I think they are like Daredevil is moralistic. Not in the same way that that I think like Captain America is, or or even like like this isn't Marvel, but like DC Superman, right? Like exactly, Superman's I think that's a, a great comparison. Yeah, a boring character because he's not like he's not. I don't know. I think he's just boring because he's so moralistic, and it's like I have to be like a a you know an all American good old boy, and it's like move on, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they're trying to revamp the character of Superman to make him more interesting. 
but but with with Matt and I think also for for me you see him like wrestle with like religion and and that's true there, there and, I wasn't and, yeah I wasn't able to like rewatch all of Daredevil but you're so right like he's he's internally conflicted and you can see him struggling with these mm-hmm. pr- these religious principles that he grew up with which is like never uh, n- like not ever a theme in any of the MCU right movies, which is really right. really unique so. and so it's it's a unique story but yeah and and i think that that charlie cox just i don't, I don't know i think his performance is so good he i think he 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 does a really good job of portraying like daredevil but also matt murdoch you know yeah. and i think that sometimes actors can do a really good job with one versus the other right like like um you know, with with Garfield, I think a lot of people said he was a great Spider-Man, but maybe not. He was too cool to be Peter Parker, you know. And so I think I think with with Charlie Cox, he embodies both both personas yes. really well. Yeah. Um. All the all of the you know, like especially the like the um relationship that he has with Karen is you know is is really unique and and special and sweet um as well so yeah yes yeah uh, sounds like charlie cox is going on our list what do you think he's in he is in and yeah i think we both agree that daredevil daredevil season one is the best season but it's also the best um it's it's the best uh matt murdoch daredevil mm-hmm. performance so mm-hmm. take that ben affleck we have six so far okay um let's who who would be your next pitch to be on our list i want to talk about zoe saldana okay i want to talk about her she she portrays gamora in both the guardians movies we see her in infinity war and in the game she doesn't show up anywhere else correct um that's correct guardians one two infinity war and and, in game and i'm assuming she's going to be in um thor Love and well, Thunder. well, okay. She's, so I don't. Apparently, she's not in the trailer. I don't think she's in the trailer. Doesn't she run away at the end of Endgame? Yeah, but I assume she's gonna sh- pop up somewhere in Thor: Love yeah. and Thunder. Yeah. So, so, so we see her die in Infinity War, but because of all the time jumping stuff, you know, they bring in. I think it's 2013 version. Yeah. Of of Gamora. So she uh she's alive, it's just not the version we saw last. Yeah. And so which is how, you know, Thanos and them got they they did a time jump. So anyway, so at the end of Endgame, she she leaves. She does not go with the rest of the Guardians. So she's not in it in the trailer for Thor Love and Thunder that I can recall. Mm-hmm. But I my guess is she's going to show up. Anyway, all that to say, Zoe Saldana's character, Gamora, and her portrayal of that character. I, we both have her listed. Now, you have her as, like, honorables. I have her, like, solid. So, yeah. the reason why I have her solid is because, again, you see this, this arc for her where she is trying to, to get rid of any association she has with Thanos so she can she can finally be free of him which we don't necessarily know that at the time but 
she is this trained killer and kind of kind not in this not the same as rocket but in a similar sense she's really like has this really tough exterior but she's actually really endearing and really cares about about the people she she love like loves and you see her fighting with nebula who's her sister sort of and, and raised as her sister and I don't know. I I think that that Zoe Saldana just brings something that that very few people could have brought to that character in the sense of like I don't know. I don't know how. I maybe it's just because I love Zoe Saldana so much. Yeah. She. I, I mean, this is this is an aside, but Zoe Saldana was it was like in Star Trek as well. Mm-hmm. And like, I just like and Avatar, and Avatar. Like, she's in three of the biggest. Uh, well, Star Trek is smaller, like total gross domestic, what have you. But to be in Star Trek, the MCU, and um, Avatars, so is it's a feat. I think it's yeah, yeah. It should be. It should be noted for sure. It's a feat, and she's just a good actor. Yeah. Like, I let me pull up her. So okay, tell me, tell me, you didn't have her necessarily in your top solid solid list, but she's in your honorables. So like, tell me, yes. tell me your thoughts on her. I think here, here's kind of my my thoughts. Neb- Nebula or uh, Karen Gillan's character Nebula is on both our lists, mm-hmm. um, and you can't really have one without the other because they're sure. they're so closely intertwined, and I think that. Uh, and the reason I would prefer uh, Karen Gillan to go on our list as opposed to Zoe Saldana is like, I think Karen Gillan had the harder job of like, they are both wearing prosthetics and make like so much makeup, but I mm-hmm. think I'm pretty sure Karen Gillan's wearing more and she had to shave her head. Um, so like that, that's an aside. I think that like Karen Gillan is playing someone complete, like, like, so completely like inventive mm-hmm. does it does that make sense like i like well, like go ahead go ahead i was gonna say she's invented because she's literally like not even a whole person anymore right she's 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 a shell and a robot of a person at this point and so and i don't i don't I've, clearly i don't know karen gillen but she seems like just kind of this really like kind of upbeat funny person and she plays such a hard character because nebula is so especially in the first guardians she is so unlikable yes she you just hate her uh, like every time she does something you're just like i want to punch you in the face and she has so much like she has so much fun with that role um she nebula i think I'm I'm trying to think through like Nebula is done the most is given the most like to do and like has the most newness we see in a character I think in Endgame. Mm-hmm. I I would I really would argue that because she's like very important to the plot. She's mm-hmm. um she gets quite a bit of screen time and she also gets to do do dual acting. In that, in a couple yeah, scenes, she which does. is really, really cool. <laughs> that, um, maybe, that the, really, maybe there's a theme here. Like <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe that's yeah. it. If if you play your character in more than one role, then you get to be on the list. 
Yes. I exactly. will say I'm looking at Zoe Saldana's uh, IMDb acting credits, and man, I forgot. I didn't know she was in Center Stage. I forgot she was in that. She's in Crossroads, Drumline. Speaking of franchises, she's in the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie. She is. Yeah, as as Layla, I guess it. I think it's. I haven't seen that movie in a really long time, but I think it's like some random person that they meet up with that knows Jack Sparrow and is like someone from okay. his past. I think it's something like that. Like that's I think Regan, she pl- that's has Bell, like yeah. like I think she has like dreads and has like like a lot of like eye like eyeliner on and stuff like that. But, like a witch doctors. Is she yeah, a witch doctor? I maybe. Yeah. I don't, so, I don't remember. That's such a good movie, though. I, I want to revisit those at some point. Anyway, not the point. Okay, I see we, I see what you're saying as far as, also, like... I want to say, like, we also may have room in our list for both of, both of them, so should we just put both of them on there I That's what I was going to say, is, like, yeah. I, I have them both listed in my... I have them both, because I think that they both deserve it. Yeah. Um... Do you do you think that Karen Gillan's best performance is Endgame or um, it, it's kind of yeah. like she's good in all of the she's, she's good, good in Endgame she's good in and all both of Guardians like especially yeah. to um the the scene where she flies down and tries to destroy Gamora yeah um uh, we we have talked about on this podcast how Guardians two is like one of our favorite. MCU movies and is like severely critically underrated. Um, it's man, and we just I feel like we need to verbalize that again because yeah, it, it really is incredible. You get such strange, wonderful when, superhero when <laughs> we we in, yeah in that movie. So when we rewatched it the whole time, I was like, man, Gamora and Nebula's story, like like yeah, it's about you know chris pratt and um star lord but like their their storyline i think was more inch almost more interesting to me yeah because you see these sisters trying to reconcile the trauma that they both have experienced as a result of their like their childhood mm-hmm. and how they have had to to fight to survive themselves but how desperately they wanted they wanted someone to be there for them and they just like they couldn't they like really physically could not be there for each other in the way that like sisters or like siblings should be and Karen Gillan especially gives whenever she's talking about like I hated you the least you you were the one that I I always looked up to man she just what a performance and then Zoe Saldana as Gamora like trying to like process that that information because she just assumed that that nebula hated her guts and wanted nothing to do with her and Mm. finding out like oh you actually like me or sort of like me you know i don't know i just i it's a great it's great they're so so good okay so we're taking let's let's just put them both on the list yeah for right now and then i how many are we at one we we have nine five Six, seven, eight, nine. So this is a stacked list, and this is a stacked list. I who I think the people that we really want to talk about. I mean, Paul Rudd. We still need to discuss, mm-hmm. and then I have two other people. I think when we look across the entirety of the MCU, that deserve to be at least discussed, are both Spider-Man characters. Um, 
in the first. So I think we need to discuss Paul Rudd, Jake Gyllenhaal, and Tom Holland. Okay. So you, you don't think we needed to, to discuss Chris Pratt or Hemsworth? Well, I I don't know. I guess I guess we do. Um, I'm I'm. Who should who? Sh- Here's my thing. Paul Rudd is so great. Paul Rudd's one yeah. of my favorite actors. I'm biased to Paul Rudd. Yeah, Ant Man and the Wasp sure. is one of my favorite. Absolutely. MCU movies because it is simply hijinks the whole time and yeah. him 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 being goofy. Um, and I'm I'm biased. And I think that you get some of the best acting from Paul Rudd in Endgame because, like Karen Gillan, he gets so much to do in that movie, and he gets to like mouth off to Robert Downey Jr. and it's so it's so wonderful. I, I like he kind of makes that movie worth rewatching for me, mm-hmm. despite being twelve days long. Um, <laughs> does he deserve to be in the, on the list though? I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be. Obje- I'm trying to look past my own bias. So, so okay. I'm throwing, throwing the. I'm passing to you. So I also am biased because I love Paul Rudd so much. I mean, he is the ageless wonder. He is in one of my all-time favorite movies, Clueless. He he's in a in a lot of movies that just are near and dear to my heart because my family watch has watched them and we we reference them all the time. Anchorman. So, yep. So, yeah, so he's he's just, I'm biased for Paul Rudd as well. I will say he, I don't, I'm trying to think. Does Endgame I'm, work without him? That's kind of what I come back to because Endgame good, is, an, yeah. is an ensemble movie and it's one of the most important movies in this series and I don't think it works without him. I, I think... Almost kind of like Nebula is a a driving force for Endgame. I I think Ant Man is too. Yep. Because well, because without Ant Man we have no like second act. Yep. Like like he shows up because he's been in the quantum realm for how five years, however many years, and is like, what is happening? And then and then you know we've talked about this scene before where he is like. You know, it become a, has become a meme, but like, hey, what the hell happened what here? What the hell happened here? And and then, and then he finds he, Cassie. Yeah, yeah, he finds Cassie, who's you know no longer a little girl, but a teenager. And man, that scene, that scene, and, and like, there's no no even there's not even words. He's just acting. Yep. And it's it's really powerful, and I think it was it impacted both of us. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah, I cried. I'll I'll just say it. I'll just say yeah. it. Like I cried in the theater. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how how could you not like just have like a little tear at least, you know? Exactly. And so, I think, yeah, I I don't think Endgame works without him. And whereas, I don't know, I do think I do really love. Chris Pratt's portrayal of Star Lord, I think it's really good. We also have a ton of Guardians on our list. <laughs> That's true. Which and I think I honestly, think, yeah, speaks it, to they James deserve, Gunn. They deserve it exactly. Yeah, I think yeah. that speaks to them as actors, but also to James Gunn as a director that he's able to pull these fantastic performances from these from these actors. Um, yep. I think I think I think you're so right. Um, okay. Also, but again, Hemsworth, I think they had no idea what to do with him. 
So in the first two Thor movies and and even Avengers, yeah, and yeah. Age of Ultron, they were just like, "You're there, and you're the big buff dude who's also really attractive. Go yeah. for it." Yeah. And then you know, and with with Ragnarok, Taito Waititi was like, "Hey, you want to be funny too?" And yeah. on top of being the the strongest Avenger and the most attractive one. Well, this is this is additionally difficult because like. Thor is also an incredibly important part of Endgame, and I'm kind of <laughs> just now remembering that because he's yeah. he gets to he gets to play Fat Thor, and it's hilarious. But he's also completely broken, and yeah, he and gets then he to, has he that scene, have that emotional oh, performance. With his mom, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Um, also, and it's funny. T- it's funny at the same time too because he's with Rocket, and Rocket's like, "You need to snap out of it. What are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> like, what are you doing, man?" So yeah. man, this is this see, this is hard because okay. I really I stand by every single person that we've put on here so far. Um Chris Pratt. Um I'm gonna make a here here's my thing for like Chris Pratt. Like Chris Pratt is is not the best actor out of all these people. No. And I know that ha- I know that hasn't been like in the conversation so far. Um He's really good at acting, and and this is this is kind of the what I want to come back to. Like we'll kind of blow it up worldwide, like across the board acting, not just in the MCU but outside of the MCU. Yeah, he he, he's most iconic in the role of Star Lord in mm -hmm. Jurassic World. His character's not super interesting because he's not he's best when he's obnoxious. That I think that's I think that's my yeah, main like, thing with him, and it works really well as yeah. Star Lord, especially opposite Iron Man. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't know. Like, well, if you think about his character in Parks and Rec as Andy, he's he's, he's a Star Lord. He pl- yeah. yeah, he's he's kind like of. a dumber version of Star Lord. Yeah, you know, and, and nicer. Yeah, yeah, and nicer. He's not as like arrogant or douchey. I mean, he's he's basically just a a giant kid. He's yeah. like a like a ten year old adult kid in Parks and Rec. Right. But yeah, I I mean, here's here's it, and I we're kind of coming up on time. I want to I want to make a quick case for Tom Holland, just just for the sake of conversation. Sure. Um, do it. Because we're we're down to Rudd Holland. Um, or, or I have Rudd. I think I think for you and me, we have Rudd, Chris Pratt, and Chris Hemsworth. And then I want to make kind of like just for, to make it interesting. Gyllenhaal and Holland. Holland gets like I think all the time. I think his best acting as Spider Man is when he gets buried underneath all the concrete in. Oh yeah. In the first Spider Man Homecoming. Mm-hmm. Um. And he is just completely helpless. And yeah, he's like a, he little like a little kid trapped underneath mm-hmm. hundreds of pounds of concrete. Really incredible. Mm-hmm. I, I would say, like, he's Tom Holland's a great actor. Like, well, and he was only like, what, 20, 19, 20 yeah, when he's, he, he was he like did really that? young when they filmed it. And he's great. Which. He's, really well we cast and yeah i don't know like and yeah i think he's so ubiquitous that i don't want to overlook him because yeah. i think that's kind of what led to him not being on my list in the first place what just 
I mean, what do you think about it? Like, you think about, like, in Far From Home, he, like, fails miserably in, like, handing all this stark power oh, man. To, to Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio, and he, like, doesn't trust Happy whenever Happy lands in the flower fields in Denmark, and um, and then in Endgame, or in a No Way Home, he's, like, it, it, he, like, Aunt May, and man, trying he to kill does. Green Man, you're oh, right. You're I'm right. Just, you're I'm, right. I'm he does get really. He like, is such a good. And I, I do think that he's a better actor than Chris Pratt. I will say this: that, he's a better actor. That's kind of what like and, we're comparing apples to apples, and everyone on our list, I think, so far could stand up to each other and their characters, yeah. and it would just be absolute electricity. But and and like and Chris Pratt has benefited from such great writing from James Gunn. Like, dude, don't call us plucky. We don't know yeah. what it means. Like, we don't know that. what it means. <laughs> <laughs> are you here um, to save us? What are you, Jesus? <laughs> oh, he's so good. That's actually—I don't think that's actually a line. I think I miss. That's incredible line. writing. You should be a—you should be a screenwriter for Star Wars. Thank Lord. you. I—I yeah. I will try. I'll uh, ask James Gunn if it's too late to join. If but, here's the thing, like. <sighs> Okay, so if if Chris, would you okay. be good kind of knocking Chris Pratt off? I was going to say, I think we should take Pratt off the table. We also need to mention that Eric <laughs> said that Chris Pratt is the best performer in the MCU. He was like, definitely Star-Lord. Like, no he, question about he it. He <laughs> said it off the cuff. There was no, like, he thought about it for maybe 30 seconds. Yeah. Like, it, it, he was like, <laughs> We're like, you want to be on this Chris episode? Pratt. He was like, hmm, no. <laughs> no. And, and I think that there's an argument to be made for Chris Pratt. I, I don't want to say that he he shouldn't be considered. I, I think if we did top 20, for sure, he's no. in that list. Top 10, though? Debatable. Clearly, we're debating it. Uh, if we come down, I want to make a quick case for Mysterio. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal, like, Jake Gyllenhaal, one of the great, like, one-off performances, kind of like James Spader. Um, what do you think? I mean... Have you thought about his performance? Like, I know I don't think about his performance all the time by any means, but okay. Whenever but you I, get I the think... twist where he he's like, "All right, we did it, y'all!" and like every yeah. everybody comes out, it's such it's a great twist. But yeah, I don't know. he like I, I, he okay, played okay. Spider Man like a fiddle. So. But but I think the same arguments for why we we chose not to choose. James Spader can be made for Jake Gyllenhaal. Sure. So but I do think I want to get meta. Jake Gyllenhaal is playing a guy. He's he's acting as a guy who is acting like he is a superhero. When you think about it, you're right. I agree with you. That is true. I know it. I know it doesn't change things in the long run, but I just I had to point that out because it's a. I think I I think obviously we would we would put someone like Dave Bautista or Chris Hemsworth on this list before um or Tom Holland on this list before Jake Gyllenhaal, but Jake I think his performance is definitely underrated. No, I agree. I think it's underrated. I think he gives a great performance. I I don't know if it's top ten. I do yep. think. Uh, maybe maybe I am just being, I don't know. I Because I don't think he's died at the end of Far From Home. I think we're going to see him again. 
or I, I maybe that's just me being naive and hopeful and wanting to see him again because I do really like his performance as as Mysterio. Uh, because Jake Gyllenhaal's are, he is a great actor, and I mean, again, comparing him to the other actors, like he he stands in this list. Like he, oh, yeah, I feel like for sure, definitely better actor than Pratt. Uh, mm-hmm. so I don't know. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. But, but, don't need to seriously consider him. I think that we're between Tom Holland and Chris Hemsworth. And I don't yes. know. I don't I don't know either. Because we have one spot. <laughs> we got one spot. All right. And and here's in <gasps> like what Are you, if it oh, so came wait, down so to, we're taking Paul Rudd off the table too? Well, or yeah, sorry, and Rudd. But That's see, really... when, when you get, Paul Rudd is good in his movies, but those movies are not as, I, are, are the Ant-Man movies more important than the Spider-Man movies? No. At this point, no, but. <laughs> not what, at this point, but like not a at year this ago, point. probably. No, I, well, no, people, people would, would destroy us if we conceded to that. <laughs> but I do think give give us another year and we might say something differently depending on how Ant Man three goes. I think I think Paul Rudd is always like he's in because those movies were conceived as heist movies. Mm-hmm. He is the main character, but he hasn't gotten to shine as the main character the way that Tom Holland has yeah, in his movies. I so I, I think I think that's I think that's important to consider, even though he. Yeah is so important in Endgame. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think we've seen more of an emotional range from Tom Holland. Yes. As, as Peter and Spider-Man than we have for Paul Rudd, which again, Paul Rudd has given some pretty emotional, you know, performances in the MCU, but not, not quite the extent that, Tom has given. Yes. Or or for that for that matter, uh Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. I think that's very important to remember. So so we're taking Paul. I think off. I think we have Paul to Paul is off I the think table. That we have, I think that we have uh we have dissected our emotions and biases toward um Paul oh. Rudd. Still my favorite MCU character, hands down. Hurt, hurts my heart a little bit, but I think yeah. it's I think it's the right call. I think it's the, I think right, it's call. the right call. Um yeah. So we're down to Tom Holland and Chris Hemsworth. Man. Okay. So I think with with I think I'm going to be making this argument for Holland as opposed to Hemsworth. So just bear with me. So so earlier we've talked about like, you know, embodying both personas, right? Right? Like that's that was Charlie Cox did that really well with Matt and Daredevil. And I think that Holland has done that really well with Peter and Spider-Man, right? I yes. think he he's he's a really like he he's this nerdy kid, right, as as Peter. And I think that really comes to play in No Way Home. Mm-hmm. I, I think we see him be his most like Peter-esque in No Way Home. And still, he's he's a really like upbeat and fun Spider Man, right? Yep. Thor doesn't 
with with Thor, he's just Thor all the time. Like there's no And that's that's to his advantage and disadvantage, I think when we're talking right. about yeah, talking com- comparing these two characters. So so yeah, whereas with with Tom, he's we've had to see him play Peter, keeping secrets from his friends and how that, you know, really weighs on him. Um with Thor, it's like, I'm Thor all the time, and I do, like you said, I think that works to his advantage and disadvantages, where, you know, like in a Ragnarok, when they go, they're, he and Loki are looking for Odin, and they're on the street in, in New York City, and, so, like, these girls come up to him and are like, are you Thor? Can we take a picture with you? And he's like, oh, yeah. And yeah. he, like, you know, takes a picture with them. And, again, I mean, I think it's just Hemsworth being, you know, goofy as Thor, but... I don't know. I he's just always Thor. I I think that does that make we, sense? It does. It does totally. And I'm leaning towards putting Holland on this list because I think that he's done a lot more. Um, you think about like the stunts that Tom Holland's done, Spider Man Two is yeah, Spider Man as well. Like is very very impressive. Right. Um, I think range is something to consider. Like you said, like Thor's character. If we were comparing Chris Hemsworth and Chris Pratt, I would choose Chris Hemsworth because I think he's a better actor. I think he has a little bit more range. Um, And here's the other thing. We might get to Love and Thunder and Chris Hemsworth might might deserve to be on top 10 list and knock Mm -hmm. someone off. Like that just might be the reality, but I'm I'm leaning toward Holland um, because of how how iconic his performance is as Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. And and how he, I think that John Watts, uh, a key thing he did was that a lot of people love is like, he's humanized. Like he's, mm -hmm. he fails and he, like he fails really badly in every single. So badly. Every single one. (laughs) And like he, he's just, I think that, I think that John Watts gives him so much good stuff. To do, to do. I don't know how else to say it, um, and I think it's a little bit of a more nuanced performance than uh, yeah. Thor. So what yeah. what do you what do you think? I agree. I I think that he, I I agree with all those things. I think that he, I mean, also thinking about all the Spider Man portrayals, he's the one who's actually closest in age to his character. Yeah, <laughs> which like I I realize that that's not always most important, but especially in Civil War, like when we re. When we rewatched that recently, uh-huh. I was like, "Oh man, Tom Holland looks like a little baby in this." He does, like, yeah. I I don't think I realize how much he's like aged, uh, or like gr- grown up since since Civil War came out, you know, six years ago. But he he was just a little baby in that. But he was he did such a great job. I mean, I remember just seeing the trailer for that movie when they first showed him in the trailer, and he was like, "Hey everyone, you know, yeah. everyone lost their minds because they were like, oh my gosh." But he was. I mean, I don't want to say plucky, but he's like just this plucky kid. And, he was plucky. And I think it was so good. I think he's just been good as as Peter and as Spider-Man from Jump. Yep. And I th- I yeah. think he deserves number 10 on our the, or not number the 10th the 10th spot yeah. on our list. And and in Endgame when when Tony is is dying and he he's like he goes up to him and he's mm-hmm. like, "Mr. Stark, we want." Oh man, yep, gutting, gutting. So, 
All right. So we have we have right. ten. Um, we have um Oscar Isaac in Moon Knight, Robert Downey Jr. best performances in Iron Man and Infinity War, Elizabeth Olsen best performance in WandaVision, Bradley Cooper best performance in Guardians Two, Tom Hiddleston best performance in Loki, Chadwick Boseman best performance in Black Panther. Charlie Cox, best performance in Daredevil Season 1. Karen Gillan, best performance Endgame. Zoe Saldana, best performance Infinity War. Tom Holland, best performance. I would say Homecoming. You think Homecoming? I, I think so. I'm bi- like I said, I'm biased to the concrete scene. Um, but could it? I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't I know. I feel what... like it might be even amongst each movie. Maybe, yeah. Or would you say No Way Home? Man, No Way Home's real. I I think due to recency, I think I would say No Way Home because that's the last movie. Well, I saw I watched Civil War more recently than No Way Home, but that's not. It's not the same. His performance is not. That's probably like the not even like worse, but like you know if I'm numbering them, I would them, say Homecoming or them. Far From Home. Yeah. Just because he's so conflicted in both of those movies. Yeah. Um, That's fair. I don't, I don't know. I don't think I we'll have just, an answer for that. We'll just put that. kind of a, across the board because, I mean, he's really good and he gets overlooked in No Way Home because of Everything Maguire, else. Maguire and Garfield. Yeah. And honestly, I think Garfield's performances stand out uh, in yeah. that movie. But um, so, yeah. yeah. So those are I, our 10. Should we? Uh, oh, sorry, what are you going to say? I was gonna say I there's a lot of I mean, we have three women on this list and mm-hmm. two people of color, and, and part of that is we've just not really had that many performances by like major performances by women or people of color in the MCU, which they're definitely leaning towards that. And yeah. I thought about putting uh, Simu Liu from Shang-Chi in this, but I don't have anything don't, against him, but I don't think that performance I don't, is that great. I would put Tony Leung uh, up. I, Tony Leung, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That I think, so, I mean, with the newer, the newer MCU movies with the newer characters, I think it, it's hard to, to want to not want the, cause I, I like, I want those characters. I'm very interested by those characters, but I think it's, it's harder to think of their performances because they're so new, they're so fresh, and I, I think, also, I think we have a bias towards Oscar Isaac. I think we love, we yes. both love Oscar Isaac. Well, yeah, yeah, but I, but I, I think it's a bias, but I think he earns it too. I do, I do think he earns it. Yes. And so, so I wanted to point, make that observation. Like there, there's mostly white men on this list, but that's also what we've mostly seen in the MCU. Yeah. So I don't know what the like percentage is but i think that i i would guess that this is pretty close to what the actual like yeah. of all of the the characters i think the percentages probably line up does that make sense yep yeah i think that we i think we've done a good job like giving the benefit of the doubt to some people who may be under under recognized um i think that each of these actors are really unique with mm-hmm. to the characters they um portray mm-hmm. i don't think we should rank them I, I don't want to rank I think, them. I think we should just. I think we should just leave them. Um, yeah. And and let them kind of just be bask in the glory of the flower film country MCU yeah. Hall of Fame. So yeah, I feel like yeah. it would be really hard to to rank them because these characters are so different from each other, and 
yep. one I don't think one actor could play you know like if we were to like sub in actors to different characters I I don't think that we would have yep. the same character and I don't think some of the characters would be like who else is going to play Black Panther yep. no one yep so yeah um yeah. and and I think it kind of it just goes to show like Anthony Mackie had some really great scenes i would say as mm-hmm. in uh, falcon the winter soldier i think um sebastian stan has a couple good scenes here and there um both them definitely un- underserved in the mm-hmm. broad mcu storytelling and there's gonna be like we said i think that elizabeth olsen is gonna have her do like even more so in mm-hmm. doctor strange 2 um <laughs> but not a huge fan of benedict cumberbatch's um american accent and i think that's a big reason why like uh, <laughs> like he he does some pretty interesting stuff in the first doctor strange but yeah kind of forgettable in no way home um yeah he, he's, he's, he's he's overshadowed good in, he's, he's good in infinity war actually yeah um, someone pointed out um i think it was on blank check uh i had to i had to cite blank check on our on our own podcast um they pointed out that Doctor Strange is really good in Infinity War because he doesn't have to do the Iron Man thing. Because yeah. Iron Man, like he's acting opposite Iron Man, so he gets to be kind of like his own sort of arrogant. Yeah. But in his own movies, he's kind of like Iron Man arrogant. Right. Which I thought yeah. was a really interesting insight. Yeah. And and Doctor Strange, we watched that Thursday night, and and there's a th- Doctor Strange is better than I I remember it being. I really like Doctor Strange. I, I like that movie a lot. And I think. Yeah, it, he does kind of have that same arrogance as Tony Stark, though, and so seeing him grapple with that, I think, is good. But I understand not liking uh, Cumberbatch's American accent. Uh, they should have just had so, him be British and had him be be Sherlock. I, th- I just think be it would have been. I think, yeah. Honestly, like I think it would have. I think that he would be a more memorable character if they had let him be like a weird British doctor. Sure. Yeah. Who who lived in New York? Yeah, yeah. Well, or he like he did his residency in the United States or something. Like yeah, that. like yeah, it would have yeah. been so easy to like. That's the other thing. Like let let Chris Hemsworth's hair be brown. Like like adapt to the actors a little bit. Um, yeah, I think that it, it's too late. It's too late for him it's, to it's go back late. and have an American accent. I don't know. I mean, accent, so. we we hear Elizabeth Olsen's American accent faded in and out. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> so anyway, All but. Right. That's our list. Should Isaac, we, this was this was a lot of fun. I'll I'll recap again real quick. Yeah. Oscar Isaac, Robert Downey Jr., Elizabeth Olsen, Bradley Cooper, Tom Hiddleston, Chadwick Boseman, Charlie Cox, Karen Gillan, Zoe Saldana, and Tom Holland. Mm-hmm. Olivia, this was a lot of fun. Talked about some great performances. Uh, we are looking forward to Doctor Strange. We're going to record that episode next week, yep. um, the day after it premieres. Very excited. A lot of yeah. Indeed gonna be meta and uh we're gonna have a guest on so hope you guys are excited for that um any closing thoughts no tell us tell us what what you think of our list do you agree disagree who would you have in your list let us know uh tell us on our social medias at flyover film country on instagram and flyover film co on twitter and and tell us did we get it right did we get it wrong Message us on Facebook or write us an angry email at flyoverfilmshow at gmail.com. Yeah, Um, let us know. Yeah. 
those are my closing thoughts. This was fun. Isaac, thank you so much. And thank you, so much. Thank you guys for listening. We appreciate Sorry it. To everyone who heard my cat scratching on his post. <laughs> he's a great he's a great guy though. Y'all should get to know him. Great guy. Thank you for listening. And this episode was produced by Walter Lyle. Our music is by uh, Corden Jocks. Our artwork is by Macy Lummis. Our next episode is going to be Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness on May 7th. And y'all stay fresh. And please don't call us. We don't know what it means. means.